is the, as always, communion and the connection that happens in communion. I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about like me talking with my hands. Well, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that the Lord was showing me this morning and speaking to my heart about is that uh, when they gathered in the upper room, and you know, we think of. God, Jesus gave us the communion service. It wasn't a service. <laughs> it was a dinner. It was a dinner among friends. It was a goodbye dinner. It was a goodbye for now. I'll be back later dinner. Because it was the dinner before Jesus was taken by the Romans and then crucified and, and offered up his life for us a sacrifice gave his life on the cross, and then resurrected to come back to give us eternal life, to the promise of forgiveness and eternal life. And so what he really, because I was thinking about it, and I was thinking how, how like communion is so private at times. Like it can be, it can just be you and Jesus. Like many times I would take, especially during COVID, I would take and I would just have, I'd, I'd be so scared that we were all going to die <laughs> that I would take communion at home and I would just pray and, and I'd made a special place and I put up a picture of Jesus and candles and like it was my place with Jesus to just say, change me to be like you, change me to be like you. And knowing that he was our hope. He was our hope no matter what we were going through. And um, so I'm going to, and I forgot I was going to do this, but I remembered. Um, Julia and I and the girls, we were talking in the back room when we were getting communion ready. Thank you, Ephraim. Don't fall asleep back there. Um, Ephraim went and got the communion cups for me because I forgot them and I was like oh we can't have communion again because I forgot the cups but Ephraim came to the rescue and uh, <laughs> um, but while we were talking about it I was sharing with Michaela 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 I was sharing with her the story of when Ephraim <laughs> When it was COVID and we were having, have I shared this? I know I've shared it with them. Have I shared it with you guys before? Where we were having communion on one of those days. And yeah, see the picture? <laughs> this was at the house. And um, what I started doing is I was making, I would make homemade bread, like the quick kind that's kind of Italian. It doesn't take long, and, but it's really good. And that's, what Chris, that's why Chris would take communion every day, because he loved the bread. <laughs> and he loved Jesus. And, and he loved Jesus, too. And then we got a wine that was from, we wanted to get a wine that was kosher or from Israel. We wanted it to just be really pure, you know. So we, got, we found this elderberry wine, for those of you that uh, like wine. Um, and it was from, it was made kosher, and, and it was something that the Jewish people could drink. So we got that, and we would have communion together. Well, this one day, the kids came by. We didn't have enough cups for them. No, we actually, we actually did it because it was COVID, too. So we wanted to keep it safe. <laughs> and so they all had their little spoon of wine and they had their little piece of bread. And uh, we're like, kids, we're having communion. Do you want to join in? And the funny part, <laughs> the cute, 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 funny part, and then we're going to, we're going to, this was Julia's picture that she took and put on her Instagram. And the story that she wrote about it is so heart touching. 
and I think it just kind of explains exactly like what my heart is for us in this body having communion together and but more than more importantly us connecting with Christ even when we're alone even if we're in our in our kitchen or if we're at anywhere like this is one of the supernatural parts that Christ gave us but anyway the funny part was because we had the real wine and we had it in the spoons so we're all ready we're praying and we're ready to take communion and Ephraim starts crying and he's like (laughs) don't worry Ephraim this was a couple years ago (laughs) well kind of crying I'll say So, anyway, the girls were like, Avram, why are you worried? (laughs) Why are you upset? Yes. And he was like, because I'm not supposed to drink wine. (laughs) So we were like, okay, you're okay, buddy. It's just a little quarter of a teaspoon. (laughs) I think that qualifies for moderation. (laughs) But anyway, so I, Julia was showing me the picture, so... I forgot that she had taken it, but of course at the time it meant so much to me. And then you'll see her story to the side. But Julia, can you come up and read it? (laughs) From your phone, because you can't see it from that. So that's what we'll do. And then we'll pass out communion. Not yet. So this was a... This was Julia's testimony for that day. Um, so I wrote, so for a while my grandma has been wanting our church to take communion as much as we can. It's been something that's been in her, in her heart. Today my family got a sign from God. As me and my siblings were headed, heading to go outside, we decided to bring stuff to my grandma's. And as we were heading there, it just started pouring, making us rush right over there to get out of the rain and in the exact moment my grandparents were about to do communion giving us a chance to join them which I feel was a sign that in these hard times where we can't come together in our churches that we need to still stay strong with God God was letting us know even if we can't come together in our church your families can still take a moment and take communion and pray for your families friends and the in the world to stay strong and grow stronger with God even with what is happening right now Amen. Amen. And then there's a clap and a heart. Yay! Oops. So thank you, Jules. And that's like, that's what it's all about. It's, it's about just coming together. And, you know, Jesus showed us that all through the word, uh, different times where they would break bread, even in the Old Testament, and, like, miracles would happen because... It was the representation of our Savior, Jesus, who is the bread of life. And um, so we're going to, Ephraim, you want to come pass out communion? Okay. So we did this almost every day during the pandemic, I can say. But we did this almost every day, but we would take turns reading each portion of the scripture, and I think we should do that today. Like as we pass out communion, like I would read the portion on the bread or the wine, whatever, when we rotate back and forth, but we did that almost every day together. Julie would read either on the cup or the blood of Jesus. We talk about how the blood of Jesus covers us, cleanses us. We talk about how the body of Jesus, which is the bread, makes us whole. So... I think we should do it just like we did it at the house. Amen? So do you want to go first? All right. Tell as, me what to read. Ephraim is. Okay. Oh, it's all right here. Okay. Well, we'll let Ephraim get it passed out. And he passes out the communion. Oh, and I had one other surprise for communion. <laughs> Joe, do you have the song? And again, like these are just ways to help us. Think about Christ. Connect Sometimes with him. I fall. 
So I, I wanted to play this song while we got ready to take communion. We know it, so we can sing it together. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I will tell, or for I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So let's do the blood now. Okay. And he took bread. Let's take our communion bread and hold it up as a sign of faith. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. Let's break it together. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. In the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, let's hold the cup up. This is the cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Let us partake of the cup. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank and we praise you for your body and your blood, which we just partake, partook of today. I pray that it would bring healing and health to our bodies. Lord, I pray that it would bring a cleansing from all unrighteousness from the whole week that we were out there in the world working and living, and that we would remember that, Lord, we're not of this world but we have a heavenly world a kingdom which is coming for us that we're part of and you are the light of that kingdom and you are the light of this world Lord God and I believe that and I and I and I can't wait for you to come come Jesus come and I pray this in Jesus name amen Uh, and before we go on, does anyone need prayer this morning? Does anyone need prayer for any healing or uh, healing of someone you know? <laughs> I, I didn't think of that. I didn't do it on purpose. But it's like I felt like God was saying, like, if anyone needs healing, we'll anoint you really quickly and pray for you before we go to sermon. So, you guys want to come up on behalf of your cousin, and we'll pray. We'll pray over you. We'll anoint you for him. Their cousin had a, a motorcycle accident last night, and is in the hospital. Who's that? Um, Nathan. So we're going to anoint you in Jesus' name. Oh, and their grandpa Middendorf. He's, is he still in the hospital too? Okay. All right, so Father, right now in Jesus' name, we join together as your body. Lord, we pray the promises of your healing over Tony Middendorf in the hospital, over Nathan in the hospital. Hospital, Lord, we, we thank you for protecting his life 
And we pray, God, that over both of these men, that you would heal their bodies by your broken body, by our faith, believing for them, God, believing for their lives. So we pray for both of them right now in Jesus' name. And as Chris anointed the girls, we pray for them, that they would be blessed and that they would be instruments of your healing as they use their faith to pray and to believe for the healing of their grandpa and their cousin. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we need to pray for Julie, too, that she would be healed. She's been having hip problems. So we're praying for her. And Corey, you need to come up here so we can pray for your ankle. <laughs> Nothing like calling you out. <laughs> he doesn't even give us a chance. Nope, don't give you a chance. Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray and anoint Julie, Lord God, that you would heal her body, that you would heal her hip, Lord God, that you would take any pain, inflammation, or swelling, or anything away in Jesus' name, that she would be healed totally in Jesus' mighty name from the tips of her toes to the top of her head. And I claim this and pray this over my shoulders, Lord God, that they would be healed in Jesus' name. We also want to pray over Corey. Lord God, that I'm going to anoint him. Lots of oil. Get a bald head there. I pray, Father God, that you would heal his ankle, that you would take this pain away, this swelling. Lord God, that he would be totally healed and be a testimony of your healing, Lord God, to others of what you've done for him in his life and what you're doing and working in their family. I pray you would bless them. Bless Corey, heal his body, and restore his ankle to perfect in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. I know. I'm going to go pray for them, too. Here, you pray, I'll go anoint them. Here, you pray, and I'll anoint them. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for Ed and for Mom. We thank you that you have them in the palm of your hand. We thank you, God, that they have survived so many things. And we pray in Jesus' name that, Father, your healing power, your strength, who you are would come over them in such a way, God, that, Lord, they would just have strength, they would have wisdom, they would have peace, they would have healing of any physical um, problems, any physical illness. In Jesus' name, we come against disease. We come against illness, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we pray and we thank you for your body broken for our healing. For all of us here today, Jesus, all of us, God, we need you so desperately. We need you so desperately. We thank you that you've made a way where the world would look at it and say there is no way, but there is. It's through you. It's through your blood. It's through your body. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come, Jesus, come. Come, grace, come. Time for an offering. <clears throat> cannot pass up people being blessed. So, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this tithe and offering that you're bringing in to our church. We pray that, Lord God, it would be used for your glory, not just to keep the lights on and the heat going and everything working, Lord God, but to keep, Lord God, to, but to bless you and to bless others. Lord God, I pray that we would have more than enough abundance, Lord God, and that, Lord God, that we would be a storehouse for others who are in need. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? All right. Oh, here's my grace. When you go back there, you want to give that to your dad. I already told him the scriptures. I had my scripture notes written down, Joe, and I thought I'd put them back there, but they were up here. <clears throat> Put them somewhere. I did do it. 
All right. The title of my sermon is that Jesus changes everything. Jesus changes everything. You know, and I got this title by, I was in, <laughs> I was in my truck and I was talking to one of our new employees about God. And it's the craziest thing ever because I know that a lot of my employees avoid riding with me in my truck <laughs> because they're trapped and they can't get out and they're not going to get out at 55 or 60 miles an hour. And I start talking about God. At first it's quiet, but then I let I try to be praying. And I let the Holy Spirit try to speak to me. And uh, but we got to talk, and I let them talk because I, I let everybody know that I'm a pastor. And they all, they all, you know, it's the craziest thing is they all have questions. When you're quiet, somebody will speak <laughs> without, a, without a doubt. But at least that's what I've come to realize with men. You know, they can't stay quiet for too long. <laughs> but, so yeah. So we started talking about God and I started sharing with them about Jesus. And I said, I told them, I said, you know, when Jesus came to this earth, he changed everything. His impact on this earth was so profound that he even changed time. And the employee looked at me like, change time? How did he change time? You know, I was like, he changed time. He's like, change time? I'm like, yeah, he went from B.C. to A.D. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's so funny and how naive and how... People just don't know and understand. I mean, like myself, I didn't know and understand everything about God until I became a Christian, started reading his word. You want to know who God is, you want to know about God, then read his word. It's simple. His word is alive. It's sharper than two-edged sword. It goes right to the heart of the matter. But I was trying to tell him, and then I was trying to explain to him, how when Jesus came to this earth, he changed everything. When Jesus was born, he changed time from B.C. to A.D. And you know what A.D. stands for? Everybody thinks it's, it's after death. But the actual meaning of A.D. is anno, anno, domino. Anno Domino, or Domini, Anno, Anno Domini, which means the year of the Lord. A.D. means the year of the Lord, Anno Domini. So instead of counting backwards, now we're counting forwards. Amen? And if you were to take a timeline, I wish I had a bulletin board up here. But if you were to take a timeline, and all of a sudden you're going backwards, B.C., before Christ, A.D., after death, you have Jesus is right in the center of that. Jesus is in the center. Jesus is in the center of everything. Amen? Do you know that today people are even trying to change that? They're trying to get rid of A.D. Because they're trying to get rid of Jesus. They're trying to get rid of the birth of Jesus. They, they have a, they're trying to come up with this B.C.E., which is before common error. There you go. The birth of Jesus. Thanks. So let me see here. Thanks, Joe. I wonder if I can reach over there. So what they're trying to do now is Anno Domini, which means the year of the Lord, before Christ, birth of Jesus is at the center of this line. Right? They're trying to make before Christ, B.C., they're trying to call it B.C.E., before common error, to C.E., common error. Yeah, they're actually trying to do this. 
Because they're trying to remove Jesus out of the middle. But there's a problem with their theory. When, what caused it to actually start, see, common error, than before common error? What was the change that made the place? And they, the, they come back and forth to it because you cannot remove Jesus. You can't remove Jesus. You can't remove the things that changed it from before common error to common error. There has to be something in the middle that changes it. And they can't come up with that something. Because there's only one thing that can, and that is the birth of Jesus. Amen? They're trying to erase the history, or the facts, or the truth, but they can't do it. Because Jesus was written about by so many people, and the birth of his, of his immaculate birth was written about by so many different nations at that time. I mean, you think about it. The wise men were not Jews. They were wise men from another place that read the stars, that knew the scriptures, and they went out looking for Jesus. And when they came to Jesus, his birth touched them so much that they fell to their knees, probably weeping and crying because they're looking upon a child who is the face of God, incarnate in the flesh. And you cannot deny it. It's truth. You know, I heard Billy Graham say in one little short, short, little short thing. And it so, it so was so profound. And it struck me so much. He's, and, he's, and it's such truth to it. And you can't argue with it. He was talking about the road that was wide. And on that road that is wide, many are going down it. There's a lot of fun on that road that's wide. But there's a road that's narrow. That road that's wide leads to destruction. And many are going down that road. But on the narrow road, there's Jesus. On the narrow road, you'll find Jesus. You won't find Jesus on the wide road. But on the narrow road of life, you'll find Jesus. And it was so profound to me. I mean, he said it so calmly. So it was so such truth behind it. And it was just beautiful how he said it. And he said it in front of tens of thousands of people. And every one of them were listening to Billy Graham so contently because he was being honest with them. It's easy to go down the wide road of life, to have fun and all these enjoyments. It is not easy to follow Jesus down the narrow road. But that's where you're going to find Jesus. Jesus changes everything. He changed time. Jesus is at the center of time. Just like he's at the should be at the center of our lives and everything that we do. Put Christ first. Right? And many times I fall like that one song, you know. But come, Jesus, come. Because deep down I know in my heart that I want Jesus to come. I want to share with you a quote from H.G. Wells, and I have a few quotes to share with you. But H.G. Wells was a historian. And he says, I am a historian. I am not a believer. But I must confess, as a historian, that this penniless preacher from Nazarene, from Nazareth, is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. And that Jesus Christ, did you know, was 
the most, probably undoubtedly, the most strongest proponent of women's rights that there's ever been. Think about it. Before Jesus came to earth and before Christianity was birthed through his disciples, women were not treated as equal as men. They were not. And even today, in many different religions, women are not treated as equal as men. They are put down. They have to walk behind their husbands. They have to wear certain things over their faces in other religions. They do not have a right to get up and speak or even preach the gospel or their, their religion to others, to other men. But Jesus changed that. Christianity changed that. It was probably the most incredible women's movement of all time was Christianity. And what made the difference? Jesus. Why? Because Jesus treated women with dignity and respect and with honor. And he, and he called them as equal as men, because they were created also in the image of God. He created men and women in the image of God. Jesus had women partners in ministry, and most of them were named Mary. How about that? Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Martha, and Mary his mother. <laughs> but Throughout history, there's been many women that have been used by God in many different ways. Catherine Coleman was one of them, an evangelist and a healer. And even to this day, many women are being used by God. Women were created equal and valuable having been made in the image of God. Jesus changed all of that when he came. Even human rights. The thought that all humans should be treated with dignity, no matter their race or color. That was a very rare thing before Jesus came to this earth. Christianity is a big proponent of that. Jesus tells us to love your neighbor as yourself, doesn't he? Love the Lord God with all your heart, the greatest commandment. Love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus changed everything. I want to share with you another quote from a 17th century historian. His name was Philip Schaeff. He said this about Jesus. This Jesus of Nazareth, without money and arms, conquered more millions than Alexander, Caesar, Mohammed, and Napoleon. Without science and learning, shed more light on things human and divine than all the philosophers and scholars combined. Think about that. Without the eloquence of schools, of schooling, he spoke such words of life as were never spoken before or since, and produced effects which lie beyond the reach of order, orator, or poet, order, <laughs> orator, or poet. And think about this, without writing a single line, 
Jesus, without writing a single line, set more pens in motion and finished themes for more sermons, works of arts, and songs of praise than the whole army of great men and ancient men and of modern days. And he didn't write one thing. Isn't that amazing? This Bible, the only thing Jesus wrote when Moses was on Mount Sinai and he got the Ten Commandments and he wrote it out with his finger in stone. Only thing that Jesus wrote. The rest of this whole Bible has been inspired by the Holy Spirit through men who penned it and wrote it down. Isn't that amazing? And you think about it. I was thinking about it this morning as I was writing my sermon and thinking about how many men and women across the globe are writing sermons this day or are writing sermons all week long preparing for Anno Domino, the day of the Lord, which today is the day of the Lord. That's why we come to church. That's why we celebrate. That's why we worship God. How many millions of people are writing Jesus' words down that he spoke and are preaching his word and his gospel this day? There is no comparison. Jesus changed everything. Even today, no one can compare to Jesus. No one. He is just as powerful and as potent as he was when he walked the earth. And that's what's amazing about the gospel and the Bible and about his words. They're still changing people today. I'm a, I am a prodigal of his change. He changed my heart and he changed my life. And he, didn't all he, and he wasn't there. And he's doing it all over the earth it's amazing what Jesus changes. Jesus can take the coldest heart and he can set that heart on fire for him like no other. He can take the meanest spirited person and make them the most soft, kindest person in the world. He can take believers, he can take non-believers and make them believers by just looking into the facts and the truth of the Bible. By looking into all the prophetic prophecies that are being fulfilled right before our eyes that we don't even know. He's in the art of changing things and changing people. And when Jesus changes people, he changes them for good. He changes them. And you know it because it is a change that is lasting. There are so many more things that Jesus had and is doing today. Even this very hour, Jesus is changing people's lives all over this world. So many things that he is doing. So many things that he's going to do. So many things that he can do through you if you allow him. You might write the next greatest praise and worship song that they might be singing about hundreds and hundreds of years from now. Or be used by him to bring him glory through a healing ministry or preaching his word or doing signs, miracles, and wonders. It's limitless what we can do with God because all things are possible for him that believe. That's the key. We need to believe in Jesus. <clears throat> I want to close with this. I'm going to read it from John. John chapter 1. We're just going to read verses 1 through like 19, I believe. 
says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. This is who Jesus is. Because Jesus is all God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. This is John testifying about Jesus. This is another man testifying about another man. But not just a man, but God-man, all God. John the Baptist, who Jesus said was probably the greatest man that ever lived, who was the forerunner of Jesus, who prepared the way for Jesus. John talking about him. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that light was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness had not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. That's John talking about himself. He's saying, I am not the light. Don't look to me. I'm coming, I'm telling you this because I am telling you about the one who is the light. You know, in my mind, I picture this scenario. Darkness. And you ever look through a cloud when it's dark and cloudy outside and you get a little hole in that cloud and then a beam of light shines through it, boom, and it lands on the side of a mountain. I picture that, but I picture such a bright light of beam coming down hitting the earth and that earth shaking, rattling, rolling, and the darkness fleeing from the light, running from the light. That's what I picture Jesus when he comes to this earth in my mind. That light coming down, hitting the earth, the whole earth changes. As that light is spread across the whole globe through his witnesses and the testimonies of his saints and the things that Jesus did. I couldn't imagine being John the Baptist sitting there seeing Jesus coming down to the Jordan looking at him and realizing that this is God. God is coming to me, and, and he's asking me to baptize him. And John is saying, I'm not even worthy to hold your sandals. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus said, no, John, you have to do this to fulfill the scriptures, to fulfill what was written about me by my prophets that I told whom I was coming to redeem and save the whole world. Can you imagine being John the Baptist down at the Jordan River and here comes God to you? I mean, the excitement. I mean, my heart is pounding just thinking about it. You know, I can feel the, like you look at my hair standing up on my arms just thinking about that. Because I picture things in my mind like a movie. I'd be bawling, probably, crying. 
There came a man, we'll go back to verse 6. There came a man who was sent from God, his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into this world. That's Jesus, the true light. He is the light, he is the way, he is the truth. And that no man goes to heaven except through him. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't. The only way is through Jesus. He is the gate. He is the way. He is the truth and he is the light. And not only that, but he's the life that leads to everlasting life. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And when I was watching Billy Graham, I can see that glory of God on him as he was preaching. It was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Because his heart was not one to be lost. His heart was all to be saved and come into the knowledge of the Son of God. To know that there is hope in this world that goes beyond what this world can offer. There's hope for an everlasting life with Jesus in heaven. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was the one in whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. You know, sometimes when you think of the scriptures, you read these things, it's like, how do I make sense of all of this? It's simple. You need to ask the Holy Spirit for direction <laughs> when you read the Word of God. Let the Holy Spirit open your eyes. How can one come before me, come after me, and yet be before me? Because Jesus was there in the beginning of creation. When God said, let there be light, Jesus was there at the foundations of this earth being laid. He was there with his Father in heaven. He was before John. But, and he's greater than John. And he also came after John. He surpassed all the things that John did. By far. Of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, had made him known. Has made him known. It's amazing to think that in the 33 years or 30 plus years that Jesus walked the earth, that all of his friends, all the people at that time were looking at the face of God just like I'm looking at you and you're looking at me right now. 
Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to think of God who created the whole universe, set everything in motion, came to this earth, created this earth, walked this earth, came in the flesh. They actually saw him. And they saw him through the man Jesus Christ. And you know, people in our lives can see God through us by the way we live, by the way we act, and by the way we react. And trust me, this is a lesson that I am still learning every day and I'm working on every day that I have not perfected and need much work on because many times people don't see Christ in me, they see Chris in me <laughs> and not Christ. It's close, you know, but there's a big thing missing there and it's one letter and that's the letter T. <laughs> so there's something we all can strive for is to look more like Jesus. Amen? More like Jesus and less like ourselves. And you know and it's not easy. It's not easy because we all want to go down the fun happy road. The wide road. Trust me. I'd rather think of nothing, go out and have a lot of blast and fun, you know, at times. But I know that Jesus isn't on that road, that Jesus is on that narrow road. Amen? Amen. And that's the road I want to be on. I want to be on any road that Jesus is on. Amen? Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Amen? So, Father, I just thank you and praise you for this day. I pray, Lord God, that anything that I've said that's not of you would just fall aside, that it wouldn't have any weight to it at all, but anything that is of you, Lord God, has weight already. Let it speak to our hearts, Lord God. Let it change our lives. I pray that we would let you change us more and more into your image, that we would surrender more of ourselves each day, Lord God, that we would realize that this earth isn't our home, that we would come to the place in our lives where it doesn't matter anymore because we're looking to a kingdom that's in heaven that's with you. And I just thank you, Lord, and I praise you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.